Welcome to Parents at Work, a podcast for people who want to succeed and thrive at work while they have kids. This podcast is sponsored by the Spiegel Law Firm, a firm that empowers people who've been wrongfully fired or afraid that they might be. I am Tom Spiegel, and joining me today is my co-host, Lori Mahalik-Levin, an attorney and founder of the online platform Mindful Return. Um, and Lori, before I turn it over to you, I'm just going to note to people this was going to be a little bit different today. We're not going to have guests other than you and I, and we're just going to chat about what it's like to be working at home as a parent and commiserate with each other and with our listeners. And I'll now turn it over to you to tell us a little bit more about that, about Mindful Return. Great. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here with you on the special Parents at Work COVID-19 edition. Mindful Return is a program that helps new parents navigate the transition back to work after parental leave and that helps employers to retain their new parent talent. And right now, Mindful Return is fully engaged in helping employers manage the anxiety levels and the efficiency levels of their parent employees. So if you're an employer who needs help on this front, uh, feel free to reach out. As a mindful return member, I may be reaching out to you, but we can talk more about that. So you want to go first, just kind of give us a little vignette, and we can do it this way, about what life is like at your house, what life is like at mine, and we can just talk. Yeah, so today is meant to be just a riff. I'd say we are on week two of being at home without any school. And it's quite obvious to me at this point that our teachers are grossly underpaid. And there's a reason why we have childcare and daycare, because it's just simply impossible to have two parents work full time and also care for your kids during the day in the same way and commit the same amount of hours and energy that we previously did. My boys are seven and nine. They're in first and third grade. And so we've been homeschooling for two weeks now. I think week two is definitely better than week one. So for anyone listening who's still in week one, it does get a little better. I think two reasons. One, I've gotten marginally past the denial that we're doing this and probably doing it for the rest of the school year. And two is that we are starting to settle into some routines and some rhythms. We did come up with a schedule for our kids that changed between last week and this week when we like got a better handle on how things were going to work. And it's not as though we stick very strictly to the schedule. There are things that fall out the window or the timing gets off or whatever, but having the schedule has been really helpful for us because it's something to fall back to. If it's like, okay, well, that took longer than it was going to, where should we be at three o'clock? What should we be doing? You know, And so it's something to go back to. My husband and I have been splitting our working daylight hours between us. So I was just sharing with Tom that we wake up in the morning, we all pile into our family minivan and drive over to Rock Creek Park with our breakfast where we eat breakfast in the minivan and watch the sunrise, at least while Rock Creek Park is still open to us, which gets us all out of the house and you know gets us some fresh air in the morning. And then we come back home and we start working and one of us takes the morning shift basically and the other one takes the afternoon shift and then we both try to work after the kids are going to bed. I'd note that this is physically extremely exhausting. I think there's going to be a lot of burnout here. It's really physically engaging to be with kids and running around with them and trying to figure out how to be a teacher and to try to focus on work as well. So I think we're doing the best that we can under the circumstances and really just trying to focus on today and what's happening today because thinking further ahead than that is 
pretty daunting. Last thing I'll say, and then I'll pass it back to you for your musings, Tom, is that my husband and I have started probably like around Tuesday of a week, determining what our work schedule is between the two of us for the following week so that we can provide people with our availability to say, okay, well, I know that I'm going to have the morning on Tuesday of next week, and therefore I can schedule calls and things around the time that I know I'm going to be available. I think we thought we would maybe consult with each other on the weekend about that for the coming week, but it it makes more sense to have more lead time so that people can schedule things with us further out. So that's what we've been up to. How about you, Tom? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's some good stuff you guys have in place. So we are sort of coming out of denial phase and if this is not an extended bad vacation or what was that? They went around Facebook a couple of years ago. It's not a vacation. It's a trip. Yes. You know, like, so this is a bad in-house trip where we're off, but we're, you know, we're not really. So we're coming out of that. We have four children. Our youngest is in first grade. Our oldest is 14 in eighth grade. And you know, it's been interesting. It's been very hard on him because he is in that stage where he's used to going out and being with his friends a lot, and now he can't. And so that has been, in terms of childcare, in some ways, you know, and I say, I was talking with my wife about this the other day, in some ways, and God bless you folks who do, I'm glad we don't have a toddler, you know, like, we remember what those days are like, where you just literally can't be off even for a second, because, you know, they're up and running, and they're capable enough to get up and walk, but not capable enough not to stick their finger in a light socket, you know, at any moment or eat a marble. So we don't have that, but it's been rough on him. And we've had to tell him he can't be around his friends. And it's interesting to see families making different decisions about that. You know, some families that we know who I consider to be very responsible folks, have, you know, said, you know, their kids can go out and, you know, they can't go to large gatherings, but if they want to hang out with a friend or two, they can. So that's been a big adjustment for us. And, you know, we're in Virginia. They've closed down all public spaces here. Again, they don't have, as I was talking to you earlier, they don't have the police going around kicking people out of parks, but they're essentially closed. Even dog parks are closed. So everybody is, you know, we're dealing with a little bit of stir crazy. My wife and I both work, you know, we're fortunate, like you and your husband, to be able to work at home, you know, and to be able to have jobs where working virtually is possible. And in fact, you know, my firm, thankfully, was largely virtual anyway. So for even though we have a brick and mortar space, for us to switch to full-time virtual wasn't a big shock to the system as it has been for some other employers. We don't, it's a, I like your idea of dividing the day like that. My wife and I don't, it's more on an hour by hour, you know, who needs the kitchen table for this <laughs> you know, to get this done? You know, I'll give you an example. This morning I had a bunch of calls and this is sort of another interesting aspect of the work at home with kids or with family sort of dynamic is she can't, and I can't tell like, what's a call you can interrupt and what is one you can't, right? You know, like she can't, my, you know, like I told her I'm doing this podcast, like she knows she can't, you know, come and interrupt me now. But if I'm doing a Zoom call or, you know, a call with some folks in my office and it's a rather informal meeting, you know, if she wants to come over, fine. But like, for instance, like she couldn't walk by me this morning to get to the laundry room. And I was on the phone running calls and various things for like two hours. And she's like, I was like, why don't you just walk by? And she's like, well, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know if I was, <laughs> this was an interruptible time or not. And so yeah, that's such a great point. Open. So in terms of the, you know, we are struggling with the academics and, you know, our school system, we're in Arlington, very good. And God bless the teachers and everything that they're trying to do, but it still remains unclear 
you know, they're sending out assignments and like, are they going to be graded? Are they, you know, and particularly for our older kids, you know, these are it's real work they have to be doing it and good for the teachers. Thank God we don't want them to fall behind. But I don't, the, the guidance that we've gotten is they can't grade them. They can't count because there's a huge disparity and not everybody, not all children have access to high speed internet or getting these materials. So for us, it's still a day by day, you know, kind of in the trenches warfare, trying to figure this out. You know, so far we've survived and I'll say, you know, some parts have been actually have been good. We've had to, like I said, increase that communication with us. My wife, who normally is also an attorney, who normally works in an office, as difficult as it is, I think is enjoying being around the kids as hard as that is being just, you know, being able to reach over and give somebody a hug or a kiss in the middle of the day is that part is nice. And, you know, I'll be curious to see, of course, things will eventually return to normal. But I wonder if a lot of places are just going to stay virtual or mostly virtual. I think I don't think our workplaces are going to be the same. You know, I think there are going to be some fundamental shifts. So that's how we're holding up. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, you know, I was just also reflecting on the fact that you have four children and they're all such different ages and stages and they probably need such different things from you throughout the day. I mean, even just between my two boys, my first grader can't sit and do any work without someone basically right next to him, you know, guiding him through it and saying, you know, let's read the next section and that thing. Whereas my third grader, you know, you hand him the packet, he works on it all by himself and he's done. So just reflecting on, and the folks with the toddlers are going to be so different. Everybody has such different challenges. I love your point about really learning all the various ways that we need to communicate about things that we previously didn't. I had the same issue with my husband with respect to like, well, what can and can't be interrupted? When can my kids practice the piano during the day and have that be heard by the person on the other line? And that's fine. Versus when should they probably not be screaming and running around the house? You know, it's really hard. Yeah. And I wanted to say that, like, if there's some reassurance in knowing that, like, nobody's really figured this out yet, right? We're all just sort of muddling through. Yeah. 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 Um, I also wanted to highlight, because I know attention that I've personally been feeling and that I've spoken with a lot of other parents that they've been feeling is attention between parents with the kids at home who have suddenly lost a lot of their workday and people who may not have anyone that they're caring for, whether they're older and the kids are grown or if they're younger and they don't have any children or they just, for whatever reason, live by themselves or with a roommate who suddenly have more time on their hands than they otherwise would have because they don't have a commute. And there seems to be this tension between managers and managees and people who want a lot more connection and talking by phone and by FaceTime and all of that. You know, for example, I've heard people say, my manager wants to see me every day just to have a call and chat and catch up because my manager is lonely. And there's that reality. And then there's the parent who's like, I don't have time for chit chat. I barely have time to get my work done. And so I guess I'm just seeing this world where there's a stark contrast between people who feel a lot of anxiety and are not surrounded by small people and who people who are surrounded by younger folk and who also feel a lot of anxiety. And I think there's no, you know, answer to this. It's just maybe we really need to be empathetic to each other's situations and be very clear about expectations and what we can and can't do on a given day or given hour. Yeah, and it's a good point. And you've talked a lot about this in your writing, you know, about the domestic workload, you know, mm-hmm. and that, you know, this is, too, we can certainly get into sex and gender disparities, which are clearly there. But, you know, just the, and getting to your point about people who 
And understandably, I understand people who don't have children or somewhere they're caring for have their own challenges. Loneliness is a real thing, you know, so I'm not in any way to, you know, suggesting they are lesser in there and that. But the truth is, I think for parents, like, it's not that school is daycare, although for some people it's daycare, but look, I mean, you get, you know, for me, like, you know, and my wife, you know, on a normal school day by eight o'clock, everybody's out of the house, you know, mm-hmm. even there's somebody else feeding them lunch and somebody else cleaning and they're cleaning up and they're around their kids. There's this whole, you know, part of their life that is managed by other people. And now they're, that's all at home, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's not only the, are your kids at home, but there's just labor involved. Somebody's got to, you know, put the boiling water on the pot. Somebody's got to put the plate out there. You know, my, I wish my kids were better trained, but they're not the best at cleaning up after themselves. And so there's a lot more of, you know, the things that we were doing on the weekends, like, you know, hey, kids, you got to this, we were trying to maintain a house together, you got, you know, that's, this is your job to own the dishwasher, let me make sure you do that. Now that's happening throughout the day. And so there's that just work capacity, not to mention, as you say, like, even if you were not, you know, educating your children, you know, playing teacher all day, they're still in your space, mm-hmm. they're still there, you know, so I think it does exacerbate something that was already there in the workplace. And that mm-hmm. is that people with kids, particularly with young kids are carrying a different burden than those who have young kids or other caregiving responsibilities. Yeah. Speaking of exacerbating in the workplace, I'm wondering if you as an employment lawyer, can speak to any of the issues around what working parent employees might be feeling right now related to the fact that there might be a whole ton of layoffs and we are the ones who simply can't be as productive in terms of number of work hours as we previously were. And there's potentially an option for people to take some emergency paid leave and whether that's going to stigmatize them and hurt their career. Is there anything that you've been hearing as an employment lawyer or that I'm clearly not asking you to give legal advice here, but just sort of like set the context for us and what should people be thinking about? Because it's a terrifying time for everyone. No one's sure if we're going to have jobs, you know, and parents are really afraid that they're going to be the first ones to go. Yeah, no. And I think that's a, it's a great question. And let me just say before the pandemic hit, this was there, right? This issue was there. There was FMLA and there were issues about, you know, there's been a number of research. I think this has changed over the years, but particularly men in particular, even if they had leave, would not take it because they're scared of this very thing being stigmatized as, you know, not, not you know, a company man and willing to, you know, stay. And that's why you have a wife, you know, that sort of thing. And there was some litigation about that. And it's pretty clear that under the law, at least, that that is illegal. You know, it's a form of sex-based discrimination. You can't, you know, it could be a violation of the Family Medical Leave Act if that's where you're taking the leave. So those sorts of things are still there, you know, and under the Emergency Leave Act that's been passed, you know, it's under the FMLA. And for those folks who have covered, if you take that leave, that is, you know, you are, it's against the law for an employer to fire you or to penalize you because you do. However... You know, in the real world, of course, that happens, right? There are employers that, you know, hey, all hands on deck and, you know, those who can be here, great. Those who can't, you know, we're going to let you go. I know there's no answer to this, of course, but I do, I think just everything is up in the air right now is how employers are going to take this. You know, they need their employees. A lot of them are, you know, the ones that are making decisions have their own childcare issues, maybe more sympathetic to that. But of course, you know, let's be real. There are going to be some employers that uh, whether legal or not, are going to say, hey, I'm going to take the people that can get the work done, you know, and I've got to lay off, you know, whatever it is, you know, a quarter of my workforce, I'm going to lay off those who aren't hitting their metrics. 
Now, let me say, it's the law has always been clear that you don't get accommodations because you're a parent, right? Or because you have caregiving responsibilities. You can't be treated differently because of that. So it can't, somebody can't say, well, I'm not gonna give you the promotion because you had to take that leave. And so I know you're not committed. That would not be legal, but it's perfectly legal, you know, for an employer to privilege in an employment sense, the 25 year old who doesn't have caregiving responsibilities, who can hit all their key performance metrics, maybe for that reason only, against a parent who can't because they have children. And that's just reality. A, yeah, reality. But I will yeah. say for those folks who are covered, and there are a lot more people now, I mean, this is, we'll see what happens going forward. But now for the first time, you know, we're seeing large swaths of the population getting some form of paid leave. You know, the new paid leave provision specifically gives paid leave for folks who have childcare responsibilities. You know, I think we'll wait and see, but it's pretty clear to me, at least based on how it's been enacted, that that people are going to enjoy FMLA protections for that. So you would be able to sue if I violated that or interfered with your leave. So there's some protections there, but I think you're right. I think it's going to be, it's sort of the wild west out there in some ways. Yeah, thanks for that, Tom. And I was also, I want to make sure that we're not implying that parents can't hit their metrics right now. And I think, for example, like parents are efficiency ninjas. Whenever I, you know, became a parent, I became infinitely more productive. And I think parents have a way of just, you know, getting the job done in a way that, you know, we're used to. I think one space that we're really struggling in is the billable hour world where no matter how efficient you are, the more efficient you become, the fewer hours you bill, right? And so there's a real tension there. Yeah. I want to also not leave our listeners in the like stressed out mode. So what are you doing to sort of keep your sanity and calm down and just be able to find some amount of peace in all of this? Because it's a wild ride. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think, you know, our practice I am imperfect at, but, you know, be grateful for what we do have. You know, our family is likely to, you know, we, my wife and I are both still working, you know, our children are healthy, everybody's healthy here, you know, all our immediate family are healthy, you know, just really, when getting stressed out, thinking about, okay, what is there to be grateful about? And, you know, I mean, there is a silver lining in this cloud, particularly for us, you know, to again, talking about having older kids, particularly my 14 year old, like, prior to this, like we were, I mean, it was fairly rare that we were all together as a family, because somebody was always out doing stuff, particularly my son who's on travel soccer. I mean, we were driving here and there, and he had practice multiple times a week, and then the other kids with their activities. And now all of a sudden, we have none of that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like just complete quiet, at least on that front. And so, you know, there is that aspect to it, which is, again, I would not wish that this had happened, but there's an aspect of, dare I say, coziness, sometimes too Mm -hmm. cozy, but there is an aspect of like, hey, you know what, we're all at home together, we're all making this work together. And I have to remember times when I'm getting stressed out that, you know, I know people are going through tremendous pain. And I, again, I regret that the situation is happening as it is, and very serious. But, you know, for those of us that our worst problems are that we're trying to deal with work with kids that are at home, you know, we may look back on this with some degree of, I don't want to say fondness, but like, you know what, this was a special in both good and bad ways for our family. Mm, yeah, I can really relate to that. I mean, our like morning hikes and scooter rides in Rock Creek Park are something that when I think about it, I've like probably always longed for an opportunity for the family to like get outside in the great outdoors for a little bit every morning together. And in fact, my husband and I were talking about 
you know, even after this is over, maybe picking one day a week where we try to do that before school, just sure. because we've proven we can. Yeah. And yeah, really savoring that time and trying to be in the moment with our kids is pretty cool and special and like getting to teach them things. So story that winds into teaching my kids something. So right after we saw the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood movie a couple months ago, my family, we all started watching the old episodes of Mr. Rogers together, like from the 60s and 70s. And I was wondering whether my nine-year-old would be into something as perhaps kitty as Mr. Rogers. And he and the seven-year-old are both totally enthralled with this. And so every evening we sit down after dinner and we watch a half an hour of Mr. Rogers together. And, you know, I have a friend who started this practice after hearing that I was doing it. And she says, it's like having a warm cup of tea. It's actually really meditative because the show is so slow compared to today's pace. And so we all get cozy and we watch this. And one day... Mr. Rogers, I don't know, he had a piece of string and he was like showing the kids all the things you could do with a piece of string. And it reminded me that I know how to play that cat's cradle game with your hands. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I got out a piece of yarn and now the kids and I have been like playing cat's cradle for the past few days. And it's like the little things like that that bring so much joy that like we have to take in as well, I think. So that's really, I think, what's keeping me as even keeled as possible right now and and not forgetting to reach out. So one of the, and stay connected despite social distancing. So one of the things that we built into our day with the kids is a four o'clock call with a family member and we have everybody on a rotation. So like, you know, my great aunt is every Wednesday and we've got grandma and grandpa on Thursdays. And, you know, it's been a really sort of fun way to be able to connect on a regular basis with people we don't get to talk to or see as much as we would want to. And we've been asking them to like teach the kids something each week that, you know, they know something about or care about or whatever. And so we're just trying to find ways to make this whole scene in part beautiful yeah no i think those are some some good stuff yeah Yeah. all right well so call it yeah i don't know if there's anything that you wanted to sort of put forward in terms of reaching out to you if folks have issues but i want to say for my part i'm holding a webinar a free webinar next thursday being april 2nd in the afternoon, 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern, specifically targeted at how on earth to go back to work after parental leave if your return happens during this COVID crisis, because gosh, it's not looking like what you thought it was going to look like when you went back. So if there's anyone who wants to tune in, if you listen to this before April 2nd, and you want to tune in, feel free to email me at lori at mindfulreturn.com and I'll send you a link to sign up. Or if it's already after April 2nd, we're going to be recording the webinar and you can feel free to, again, email me and I'll send you a link to the recording. Because I know this is a stressful time to try to think about, oh my gosh, you know, I just had a baby and now I got to go back to work and what does my job look like and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I just throw that out there. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm going to be tuning into that. (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot. So you can go to our website, spigalaw.com. We have a whole page now devoted to COVID-19 and employment law related issues. Uh, We're staying pretty active with our podcast on our YouTube channel. We, in fact, have a an episode coming out this Friday, which will probably be before this show airs, but it'll be up on the YouTube channel. It's going to be on the WARN Act, which applies when there are mass layoffs at larger employers. We're going to be doing some episodes next week on how to apply for unemployment insurance benefits, which is that landscape is going to change, you know, radically. Really, uh, as soon as this law passes, it's going to be a lot different. So those 
you know, stay, you come to our website or on our YouTube channel, we're going to be having, putting out a lot of information related to COVID-19. So welcome folks to do that. Great. And we do have a couple of episodes that we recorded before COVID hit of the Parents at Work podcast that we will be rolling out once those get edited and we get back into a more normal flow of things as well. That's right. All right. Well, thanks, Lori, and best of luck to you and your family. You too. Make sure you all breathe, everyone. Deep breaths. Everybody out there. 